It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Great Outdoors Show, Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and Happy New Year. I hope that your 2022 is a terrific year in the great outdoors, and that you have lots of opportunity to be with family and friends pursuing in the outdoors the things you like to do. I, uh, it's a privilege to be here on the Great Outdoors Show as I begin my 22nd year as host of the Great Outdoors Show, Hard to Believe. I'll have more on that uh, in the coming weeks, but I want to start off today with saying goodbye to someone who was a giant in the industry. And by the way, this great outdoors show on the first and the second day of the new year is is hopefully going to be upbeat and talking about all kinds of wonderful things we can do. But sometimes we have to pay homage to those who came before us. And in this case, at the age of a hundred. Dr. Lester Fisher died. I knew him well. He was an iconic name in the zoological world and a household name for many in Chicago for all the years. He appeared on WGN television talking about the Lincoln Park Zoo. He was the 30-year director of the Lincoln Park Zoo, and he really transformed the Lincoln Park Zoo into one of the great great zoos of the world. And he did so by emphasizing the importance of education and conservation while furthering animal welfare and care. That's what was written about Dr. Fisher, and that's what's absolutely true. I met him in the early uh, 1980s, and I worked with him closely uh, until he retired um, in 1992, and then I continued to know him afterwards. But what he did uh, for the Lincoln Park Zoo and for the zoological world itself is is truly astounding. He brought zoos into the modern world. Uh, In World War II, he served in the U.S. Army where he cared for 5,000 messenger pigeons. And we always will know the importance of those messenger pigeons in delivering messages behind enemy lines. It, it's an incredible story, and he was responsible for 5,000 messenger pigeons. Uh, he came to the zoo as a veterinarian, actually, in 1947, uh, but he eventually became the zoo's director. He was a great friend of Marlon Perkins, uh, iconic television individual for the outdoor world, and he helped change the zoo's ape uh, exhibit into one that became world famous for its ability to to have apes live in captivity in as close to a natural environment as possible. Dr. Fisher was not a fan of the animal welfare groups who thought that zoos were cruel. He worked his entire life to make zoos the best habitat that they possibly could be, believing that animals could educate people on the need to save habitats. And his message traveled not only around Chicago, but around the world. 
that education of individuals would lead to the saving of habitats. He was simply an iconic figure. And Chicago and the Lincoln Park Zoo has lost really an icon. And at the age of 100, when he passed away uh, just over a week ago, um, we, we really lost someone who was very special. And I, I can say I was really privileged and honored to have known him and to have worked with him uh, as part of the Lincoln Park Zoo and Lincoln Park Zoological Society. Dr. Fisher, uh, a giant, someone who will be very hard to replace. And in fact, he was one of the greats of Chicago. Uh, moving on from Dr. Fisher and the Lincoln Park Zoo, I want to now turn our heads attention to 2022 by talking a little bit about 2021 and some of the priorities that were put forward in 2021 that, that in fact, may not have actually uh, come to fruition. And every year we set out goals for the things that we, we want to accomplish for the year. And I, um, I sometimes like to look back and, and have, a, have a chance to think about things that we maybe set out as our goals, which in fact um, probably didn't uh, materialize in the way we would like. So when we talk about this, I often look at the work of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, which is an organization that brings together many disparate conservation groups to try to advance the conservation agenda. And so a year ago, they were very excited at the change of administrations, feeling that the Biden administration would bring in a whole new wave of environmentalism and, and, and money for the conservation movement. Uh, and they set forward some pretty ambitious goals. Um, one of them was the Youth Conservation Corps, which, which I think is a terrific idea, one that actually, um, regardless of political party, uh, has to be viewed as a success going back to the Civilian Conservation Corps of Franklin Roosevelt in the Depression. And I am not in any way, any way, making a political statement here, except we know that the CCC did an incredible job of building many of our national parks, the facilities in them, roads, bridges. You today still go to Yellowstone National Park and you stay in lodges built by the Civilian Conservation Corps. One of the objectives of the conservation community is to establish the Youth Conservation Corps to do exactly the same thing. And again, this has nothing to do with political parties. Conservation should be nonpartisan. This is not about lawsuits or property rights or any of the things that become so contentious in the conservation world. It's about getting our natural resources, our natural places fixed, both at a federal and state level, and organizing a truly vibrant youth conservation corps. So while that was one of the really big objectives of the incoming Biden administration, we're a year out here, and we see that um, some progress is being made, but we don't have it in place on any kind of scale that's going to be meaningful. And wouldn't it be great if 10 years from now we went to Yellowstone Park or Yosemite or we went to Illinois Beach State Park or or went down to southern Illinois and we, we went to the National Forest, Shawnee National Forest, and we saw facilities and bridges and roads and trails that, in fact, had been rebuilt 
to the standards of the 21st century and been done by the Youth Conservation Corps. That was an objective a year ago. It has to be an objective in 2022, and it will remain the top objective, frankly, of a lot of us until it becomes reality. We have such a backlog of work in our national forests, in our state parks, in our national wildlife refuges, in our across the spectrum, our national monuments and our national parks, that we absolutely need to find a different way. And a youth conservation corps would be a great way to do it. Another thing that we said we wanted to do in 2021 was to devote a lot of resources and science to understand chronic wasting disease, a disease that could end deer hunting and big game hunting, in fact, across a lot of America if we don't get a control, if we don't control it. Chronic wasting disease continues, continues to be on the march. It is all efforts to control it have failed. Chronic wasting disease is more than that speck on the horizon that could eliminate big game hunting across much of America. It's it's reality. And if we don't get a handle on chronic wasting disease, uh, it could be that the deer hunting uh, could end in a lot of parts of the country over the coming decades. And that would be a, a tragedy. And it would be more than a tragedy. It would change uh, the conservation movement as we know it. So chronic wasting disease, we set it out as an agenda a year ago. This is not going to be solved overnight. It needs resources and it needs action. Conservation Reserve Program, we set out a year ago to have conservation, conservation reserve acreages maxed out. We're at the lowest level in enrollment in the Conservation Reserve Program since the late 1980s. It's very simple. This is not complicated. And, and I, it's, a, it's such a simple answer. We have to pay landowners more to enroll their lands in conservation programs. And we have to change the way we evaluate the importance of conservation programs on the land. Landowners are very happy to enroll in conservation reserve programs as they were and have been over the last several decades. But when the money is not sufficient to do so, they're not going to do it. And when the lands that need to be most saved, save the most because of their importance for conservation are not on the priority list, then we don't get the kind of lands we want. I could go on and on, and I, I won't today, but I'll keep touching base in the coming weeks. But I look at the three things that if you jump out, and actually there's a fourth, the Clean Water Act, but if you jump out in 2022 at the three things that we really need to advance in a hurry. The Youth Conservation Corps research on chronic waste and disease and bringing it under control and having the Conservation Reserve Program return to its acreage of success that made such a difference in America. We'll talk much more about roadless restoration and forest fires and the Clean Water Act and salt water fishing, commercial versus recreation fishing, and we'll talk about the sage grouse and drought, and we'll have we'll have plenty of chances to do that in the coming weeks. I'll be back in just a moment, and when I come back, I want to talk about mountain lions and and a and some real data and some things that ought to be front and center as we kick off 2022. You're listening to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers.
In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Hope you've enjoyed the first part of the program. If you're just joining me, you can podcast this later today after this airs and catch the first part. Podcasts on WGN Radio are a great way to listen to the Great Outdoors show uh, in its entirety and to send it to friends. And it's been a great, it's been a wonderful way to spread our message to people around the, around the world, actually, who are WGN listeners because of their longtime affiliation with Chicago and the WGN family. So. Mountain lions. I promised you before the break, I'd talk about mountain lions, a subject that we're going to hear so much more about. And, and, and we on this show have been on the cutting edge of it. You may recall a few years ago, a cougar, cougar showed up in downtown Chicago and basically everyone freaked out. Well, across the American West, mountain lions or cougars, depending on you, how you want to call them, are on the march and their destruction of wildlife is is astounding and the slowness of state fish and wildlife agencies to address it i guess it shouldn't surprise any of us but it's really really alarming and i don't know why it is and i've been doing this for a long time i don't know why state agencies in the wildlife conservation arena are are so far behind the curve and they they it's not because they want to be. Maybe it's just because of the bureaucracy or it's because so many of so many individuals spend so much time behind their desks that they're not in touch with what's going on in the landscape. Or perhaps it's because of their backgrounds now, which have so little of fish and wildlife management and much more in, in other wildlife disciplines. Uh, but Fish and game agencies or wildlife agencies or conservation departments, whatever they're called across America, generally are reactive and not proactive. And maybe that's just true of government in general. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there today on the show, but we have a serious, serious problem. And those who can do something about it are asleep. Mountain lions are on the march, as I said. In California, they've restricted mountain lion hunting and basically outlawed it in many places. Um, so that's a management tool that doesn't exist. In Idaho, which I have some familiarity with, I just want to give you some, some numbers that indicate what's happening and why the future of big game hunting in the West is imperiled and maybe sooner than later. 
in the Oahe Mountains of southern Idaho, which is one of the prime big game hunting regions of the entire American West, slipping over into Nevada, there have been roughly 25 to 30 bighorn sheep rams in this area in a population that has been reintroduced and growing. In a certain part of the, this area, they're now down to nine rams. And helicopter flights by private individuals have been going over the area for the last couple of years, and particularly this past year, taking videos and pictures of the kill from mountain lions and sending them to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, showing them what's happening. The ewe population, which is female of bighorn sheep in this area, has gone from about 35 to less than 10. So we've seen somewhere in the neighborhood of an 80 to 90% reduction in the population of bighorn sheep solely, solely due to the increasing population of mountain lions. This is something that we simply can't allow to continue. And if we do, mountain lions are going to wipe out not only the bighorn sheep population, they're going to wipe out the elk population, and they're already working hard on the mule deer population across the West. So we as individuals who love the outdoors, and yes, there has to always be a prey-predator relationship and a balance in nature, but big game hunters across the West are, are really alarmed at what's happening with mountain lions, just as they were alarmed with what happened with the introduction of wolves. But mountain lions, frankly, could be a far bigger problem. They reproduce really quickly. They are vicious predators. And, and their increase is bad news across the American West. And eventually, we, we already believe that there are plenty of cougars, as we call them in the Midwest, that are moving through our river systems. Uh, they're here. They're amongst us. We we have an overabundance of deer right now. That's really not an issue. But in the West, we don't have an overabundance of anything. And for all of you who like to visit the West or hunt in the West, big game, mountain lions are uh, are certainly something we really need to be worried about. Before I go and close off the show, I simply want to say last week I talked about not having the opportunity for a Christmas goose, and instead I had a a shot at a Christmas duck, which a bald eagle ended up carrying away before I could retrieve it. So I thought, well, why don't I have a New Year's duck? It's hard to believe, but the same thing happened the other day. I shot a mallard, Drake mallard. It landed on the ice. The ice was, was thin enough that I couldn't send my black lab across it. So I left the duck on the ice until I such time as I could start my boat and run the motor and go get it. It wasn't going anywhere. And all of a sudden, I see the shadow flash across the sun, and I watch a red-tailed hawk come down and land and land right next to the mallard. And before I could, could really do anything, the red-tailed hawk is taking its sharp bill, and it's poking it in the mallard, and it's, it's eating at the flesh. And I'm sitting 50 yards away just disbelieving at what I, what I saw. That gives you some indication of the birds of prey and their abundance, which is growing before our eyes. I'll be back much more 
with the great outdoors show next week and a year of 2022, hopefully lots of memories and stories in the great outdoors. Thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.